As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Grace Watcher Broadcasting Network, and I'm your host, Apostle Paul E. Jones, and I am a Native American preacher, and I preach to the called, to the chosen, and to the faithful. Welcome to this edition of the Grace Watcher Report. Today's topic the rise of the Logos. I believe this is going to be an exciting discussion. A time to really study the Word of God. Maybe you can see some things that God wants you to know and to understand. So join with us, the rise of the logos. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When the Bible was originally put together, we have the Old Testament, and then we have the New Testament. Some believe the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. 
But at the time of Jesus Christ and his apostles, and the various churches and communities in those days, they used the Greek manuscripts of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint. And so when the various writers of the New Testament are spreading the truth of Jesus Christ and his gospel, his kingdom, his truth and wisdom and knowledge, they used the Greek language because they were basically preaching to the Greeks. You know, Romans chapter 1 says to the Jew first and then to the Greeks. And so they would use Greek terminology to try to explain the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ concerning his kingdom concerning who he was what he taught and the things that he did and so when you're looking at an English translation of the Old and New Testament it's good to have a Greek lexicon, a Greek dictionary to help you to understand some of the terminology that the various writers were using. That's why we want to talk about a Greek word called the Logos. L-O-G-O-S. This word is the word that um, John uses in his writings. When you begin to open up the book of John, the very first thing that he says is, in our English rendition, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you'll see that terminology all over the place. From the book of Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, the writings of the prophets, they use the terminology, the word of the Lord. And then when you get in the New Testament, the word, word is used a lot. Hebrews chapter 4 says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Then you have Jesus coming along and he says the words that I, I speak, they are spirit and they are lies. So that terminology is found all over the place. But when you look up the Greek word for the word word you'll get the word logos and it makes you wonder why would um John used the terminology of Logos. Well, if you look at a Greek dictionary, the number is G3004. And in the definition of the word Logos, it means something said, including the thought. By implication, a topic. Subject of discourse. 
The word logos can also mean reasoning of the mental faculty of motive. By extension, a computation. Specifically, the writings of John. He uses the terminology describing the divine expression that we're going to find in a person, which is an account, a cause, a communication. Uh, the word logos can be concerning doctrine. It can deal with the intent, the matter, the mouth, preaching, question, reason, reckoning, to show the speaker's speech, to talk, and, and so on. So why do you think that maybe John would use the, the terminology Logos? Well, remember, he's writing and preaching and teaching to Greek-speaking people. You know, to some of us, we may call them the Gentiles. But he's still speaking in their language. And so, Logos is, is a terminology that um, the Greek-speaking world would have understood. Just like our English-speaking world today, we use the word word, W-O-R-D. But in 2,000 years ago, they didn't speak English. They spoke Greek. So John would have used Greek terminology and used the word logos because logos was talked about a lot by the Greek philosophers. You know, like Plato, uh, Socrates. They used the terminology of Logos. So, we as the people of um, the modern world, we have to see what um, the various writers would have said about this particular so what would be Plato and Socrates understanding of the word Logos well it's a principle originating in classical Greek thought which refers to a universal divine reason. It's eminent in nature, yet transcending all oppositions and imp imperfections in the cosmos and humanity. Plato saw it as an internal and an unchanging truth present from the time of creation available to every individual who seeks it. So when John is using the word Logos, he's talking about something that was in the beginning. Genesis 1-1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, Plato and Socrates are describing this Logos as beauty, perfect unity, as the principle of unity except. Because what's going on in Genesis? You're having our Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit fashioning, creating, and putting together creation
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Think about that. So here we got even thousands of years later and Jesus Christ comes on the scene. And John is describing Jesus Christ as the Logos. John says Jesus Christ is God in self-revelation. The book of John uses the word light and life. Let's go back to um, what um, John 1.1 is saying. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Again, it's talking about Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now watch this. In verse 4 of John 1, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. You remember last week we talked about the light of God. The very first thing that God created. When he spoke he says, let there be light. This was the illumination, the truth that will be extended to the entire creation that God was bringing forth. Now we see here in John 1:4 that Jesus brings life and through this life is the light of men. And then in verse 5 it says, and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. When light is shining, it will destroy darkness because it's bringing truth. It's bringing knowledge. It's bringing wisdom. It's bringing understanding. So in verse 9, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So God gives his truth through what we know as the light. But it starts with what is called the word. The terminology that St. John is using in John 1 1. In the beginning was the word. Now, if we wanted to use, you know, the Greek terminology, he is saying in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. So this same Logos was in the beginning with God. Again, you got to see and understand this. What's in the beginning with God? It's His Word. Because what is the first thing that God does when He is creating? He is speaking the Word. And God said, let there be light. So, God speaking starts in the beginning with the Son, the Holy Spirit, all creation, whether it's angels, seraphims, cherubims, archangels, they're all working together together. 
in the beginning with this powerful creation. God speaking. Because it's the true light which which lighteth every man that comes into the world. So in verse 10 of John 1, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Now there's another word that we need to see. And that's the word world. Because sometimes we misunderstand that term. Because in the beginning, God's created the heaven and the earth. And within the earth, you have what is called the world. But, in Greek terminology, when John is used the terminology of the word world, he's talking about the cosmos. And it's spelled in Greek as K-O-S-M-O-S. Where we get the word cosmos, C-O-S-M-O-S. But in Greek terminology, the cosmos is means the divine order of creation. You've got to get this and understand this. So, when God is creating the earth and the heaven, He is also placing a divine order in the heaven and in the earth. And you may be thinking, what is this divine order? He's going to have a plan that he's going to place in the earth and in the heavens. And this plan is going to be accomplished through his perfect will. So what is God's perfect will? It's his word. Because in the beginning, we have the word. And this word It's what we use to describe the things of God. Because when you're looking at Jesus, his titles are set forth in royal fashion. As speech reveals the hidden thoughts of men, so does our Lord utter the unseen God. Remember, Jesus is revealing the Father. He even tells his apostles in one sense, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So God spake and it was done. The Father's word precedes the acts of creation. But then all of a sudden, this word that God spoke in the beginning is going to be manifested in the earth. And so this is what John is describing in John 1. He is describing how God is going to manifest His word in the earth. And how's he going to do that? He's going to do that through putting on flesh. Because you got to remember, something happened in the beginning that disrupted God's original divine creative order we can go in detail on that in Genesis 3 and we've heard many stories and interpretations of that but something happened in that divine order that divided heaven and earth remember when heaven and earth is created in the beginning it's created as one divine order But when sin was brought into the earth, heaven and earth was divided. Because what what happened to Adam and Eve? They were driven out of the Garden of Eden. Driven out of paradise. 
driven away from the presence of the Lord. So, when Jesus Christ comes in the flesh, He will be the medium by which the Father will go forth in creation, in providence and redemption. So, now we're finding out about the life and the light of God. The life and the light of God will be stored in the human nature of Jesus Christ. So when this word, O Logos, becomes flesh, that it might more readily pass unto us as the people of God. So now we're finding out that true life is always light as the minutes of infusion of the oceans. So, what happens is, when we receive the life of Christ, we can shine the light of God all around us. So prophets and preachers have been sent from God, as John was, to bear witness about Jesus Christ. But there is also a witness that will be brought forth into man. And this witness is found in our conscience or the inner light. Because Jesus said in John 9, verse 5, as long as he is in the world, he is the light of the world. And you've got to see that. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, what? The light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So, why is it hard to receive the light of God? Because of the God of this world. And you may be looking at me and asking, well, who is the God of this world? The God of this world is the devil. Going back to the Garden of Eden now. He's tempting Eve and Adam to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They partake of that tree. It changes their metabolism. It changes their genetic mind frame. And it brings forth unto them a sin consciousness. Because they're no longer thinking about God and the consciousness of God. Now they are changed and becoming what we call in the New Testament fleshly or carnal minded. And so that's why the God of this world has come to make this change. Let's look at some places that talks more about beginning principles. For an example, um, Solomon, who was given the wisdom of God, says in Proverbs 8, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before His work of old. Now remember, Even Solomon knew that the plan of God started in the beginning. And verse 23 says, I was set up from the everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. Verse 24, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. 
when there were no fountains abiding in water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills were brought forth, while as yet he made not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. Look at this. This is mind-boggling. But as God is fashioning and creating and making this heaven and this earth, we were there. Proverbs 8, 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. And this is mind-boggling. In the beginning, God is saying, not only is he and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all the angels. You and I were there in the beginning. You think your beginning was when you was born at your birth. But your beginning was established by God in the spiritual realm. And we have a hard time understanding that. But there's a lot of truth in that. Why is that? Because it's the mystery that was hidden until Jesus Christ, he taught his apostles this ministry. Because in Ephesians 3, 9 it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So, when you look at the beginning, and you're looking at today, this concept of time doesn't bother God the Father. Because His beginning was to do something. Why? Because in Colossians 1.17 And He is before all things and by Him all things consist. Hebrews 1.10 and thou, Lord, in the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens of the works of thine hand. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And think about that. Think about this. It's bringing you to a place that you never thought. Let me show you something else. In 1 John 1, 1, 2. That which, from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, that we have looked upon. He's talking about seeing Jesus in the flesh. And our hands are handled of the word of life. Verse 2, 1 John chapter 1. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto the Son. Wow. That's why Jesus in the flesh can say in John 10 verse 30, I and my Father are one. Because in creation they are one. In various epochs of time and space they are one. But what does that make us? It brings us to some places that we don't think about. Why? Why don't we think about these things? I think sometimes we don't think about these things is because we can't see creation continually even to this present day. Why? It's because we do not understand when God is speaking His Word in the earth. Now getting back to this wisdom in all of this. God is speaking His Word. Christ comes 2,000 years later. He is speaking the Word. Then He calls His apostles and tells them what? To speak the word. So what are they doing? Well, as I'm telling you, they are speaking the word. But what's so important about this word? Well, Let's go to Hebrews 4 verse 12. I quoted this earlier. And I want you to see this. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word, the logos, of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Believe me, the word is quick. Because when God said, let there be light, what happened? There was light. As you can go through the rest of Genesis chapter 1. Let there be light. 
So that's why it's quick. Oh, so why is the word of God powerful? Because God says when he speaks the word, it will not come back to him void. It will accomplish that which he has said. Then he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I used to wonder why would he use the terminology that the logos or the word was sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's because when a two-edged sword is stabbed into something and you pull it out, whatever's inside is yanked out. That's what the word of God does to you and I. When it's preached and it's taught under the anointing, it has the ability to change your mind, your perceptions, your ideology into the will of God. Because it's important that it does that. So, let's continue reading. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, there's something that John teaches the Apostle Paul teaches and we'll go in more details in future lessons concerning how God created us. He created us with a body. He put a soul inside that body that is led by spirit. So, most of Christianity talks about getting your soul saved, but it's rare that they ever talk about the Spirit. Because I've learned over the years the truthfulness of the third part of the being of a human being has been neglected by the church. Because we always talk about the body, the flesh, and getting the soul saved. But it's rare you ever hear people talking about being led by the Spirit. That we have a Spirit. Not only do we have a soul, which is your mind and your intellect, your reasoning. We also have a Spirit that we should be led by. Galatians 5 talks about being led by the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. So when God is creating man, He's putting man together as a threefold being. A body, a soul, and a spirit. So what happens with the Word of God? It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Because why does soul and spirit have to be divided? Because most God's people are walking and living in a soulish reality. You're going by your feelings. You're going by your emotions. You're going by what you see. You know, what we're taught in school. Sight touch eyes ears you know the feelings that's what happened to Adam and Eve in the garden they let their feelings their emotions get to them 
Because remember, God created them to walk in the Spirit. Just like you and I, we have been created to walk in the Spirit. So what illuminates the Spirit within us? This is where you're going to get the life and the light of Christ. So when the word of God is being proclaimed, it will divide soul and spirit. That's why you'll either say amen to the word or the word will agitate you. Sometimes it makes people cross their eyes, make funny faces. I've seen that in churches because that's how the word operates. But as you continue to hear the word and you continue to put it in your heart, which is your soul, it eventually will activate your spirit where your spirit will become more in control than your soul. Now, I know this is a lot of deep stuff that we're talking about here. So you may have to go back to these lessons and listen to them over and over and over and over because I'm not dealing with baby stuff anymore. I'm not dealing with the fundamentals that we keep hopping on week after week after week after week. It's time we as God's people, the people of the Most High, that we grow up and learn the difference between the body, the soul, and the spirit. Because as long as you keep walking in your feelings and your emotions, are there times we should walk in our feelings and our emotions? Yes, when you're led by the spirit. But if you're not led by the spirit, your feelings and your emotions can be detrimental to your spiritual walk. Because your feelings and your emotions sometimes will use various ungodly means to try to survive in this world. It could be through anger, jealousy, resentment. That's why we have to go from body to soul to the spirit. Because the body, it will react to whatever your feelings contribute to, your emotions contribute to. But our body should be in what is called subjection. What do you mean, Paul? Romans 12, 1 and 2. After Paul is going through this tremendously huge dissertation about sin and grace and our bodies doing various things that it wants to do, now he's giving us some wisdom. And it's found in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies. Wow, he uses the term bodies. It's plural. Why? Because you got to remember, Paul talks about spirit, soul, and body a lot. The scriptures is very imperative that you understand your spirit, soul, and body. So when he's saying that you present your bodies, he's talking about all three of your faculties that that you walk in. Your spirit, your soul, and your bodies. That's what? A living sacrifice. That means sacrifice means you give up everything for the things of God and His kingdom. Which brings a result. 
When you present your body, your soul, spirit, and body as a living sacrifice, it will make you holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But how do you do that? Verse 2 will tell you. Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world. That's that word world again. What did we say earlier? Cosmos. The way things are fashioned. You see, there's the kingdom of God. The most high God, which is the heavenly father. And then the God of this world, he has his kingdom too. That world we should not be conformed of. But, the writer says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where the life of Christ, the light of God which illuminates us, pulls out the word of God which was manifested in the flesh that's right and he was crucified buried for three days three nights resurrected on the third day ascends to the right hand of the Father and through divine revelation, divine illumination, the divine light of God, the writer says, we need to renew our mind. Why? Because the God of this world wants you to walk by your feelings, by your emotions, by the things you see and touch and taste and feel instead of walking in the Spirit. See, renewing your mind will get you from body to soul to walking in the Spirit. Because God wants you to walk in the Spirit. Not in the flesh, not in your emotions, not in your feelings, but to walk in the Spirit. This is why a lot of God's people are defeated today. Because you're not doing the works of God. Jesus says to go out and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons or devils, speak in new tongues. And you can't do any of that because you're walking by your feelings. You're looking at what you see instead of doing something about the things that are going on in this world. I'm convinced that this COVID stuff, this new disease that keeps popping up all over the place, if God's people would get back in the spirit, you would be able to defeat those things. Because People are turning on the television. They're turning on their radios. Listening to these false newscasters. These so-called doctors that want to make more money off of you than healing you. People are listening to them and believing them instead of what the Word of God says about these things. Because we're walking by the soulish nation. Our feelings, our emotions. See, when we start walking in the Spirit, we're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to cleanse the lepers. We're going to cast out devils. Why? Because we are walking in the Spirit. So, What do we need to rise out of us? As we renew our minds, we need to rise the logos which is within us. 
the Greek terminology, the word. What did the writer say about the word? He said to preach. Preach. The word. That's what we're supposed to do. Second Timothy 4.2 Preach the word. The living logos, people. Do this in instant, in season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Because this word is what's going to illuminate your surroundings. You will start to see things in God's perspective. Going back to his original divine order that heaven and earth would become one again. I mean, even in the the prayer that we pray every week. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That divine plan of God is to merge heaven and earth as one again. And it seems like it's taken a little while. But he's going to use the church to do that. Because then we can start preaching the word. But you can only preach the word when you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in our next lesson... Let's talk about the renewing of our mind. How do you do it? How do you go from walking by your feelings and your emotions and walking in the spirit? In our next lesson, we're going to talk about that. We're going to dig deep in some areas that you may never heard of before. Because as I'm studying the Word of God and God is downloading His revelation, His truth, and His wisdom and His knowledge, I'm going to upload what He downloads to me. I'm going to upload to you. That you could be everything that God wants you to be. To walk in the spirit. To walk in his power. To walk in his anointing. But we got to get past all of these emotions and our feelings. So this is your preacher, Apostle Paul E. Jones. And I am a Native American preacher. And I preach to the called and to the chosen and to the faithful We'll see you again next time as we talk about the renewing of your mind. learn more about the Grace Watcher Broadcasting Network, go to www.gracewatcher.org or check out our Facebook page at Grace Watcher Network or Twitter at Grace Watcher One Word or you can send us an email at pjones at Grace Watcher 
www.grace-watcher.org. This is the Grace Watcher Broadcaster Network, where Jesus is Lord and everybody is somebody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.